Before we start this episode, just want to continue to give our thoughts to everybody that has been impacted by this coronavirus. Um, you know, we hope all your friends and family and loved ones are safe. Uh, but as well as that, just want to give a continual thanks to everybody who is out there working, supporting the communities, whether it is um, frontline workers in the medical field like doctors, nurses and other healthcare professionals, whether it is teachers who are still out there teaching students, um, you know, store workers, delivery drivers, couriers, um, and apologies if I have forgot anybody, but uh, just want to say a continual thanks to everybody that is out there and serving the greater needs of the community. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and children of all ages, welcome to episode 14 of the Fumble Recovery Fantasy Football Podcast where we'll continue to break down our consensus rookie rankings uh, from picks 13 through to 36. So if you've had a chance to listen to episode 13, we gave a really detailed breakdown of our consensus first round picks uh, in a Superflex Titan Premium uh, rookie draft. And we'll continue to break those down now from 13 to 36. So with me, I have Paul. Good evening, all. Evening. I have Mudit. Giddy up. And last but not least, we have Chiggs. Hey, hey. Before we get into the episode, just want to give a shout out to Regular Gonzalez for the song Chains, which is the intro music on our podcast. Also, a continued shout out to Natasha, wife of Chiggs. I really appreciate, um, and we all do, that these last few weeks of recording all these episodes have been a lot of hard work. Chiggs has been heavily involved for the majority of that, so... Thanks for being supportive as always, Natasha. And finally, to the NFL lads who are a great community on Facebook. Uh, British guys who go to a lot of the games or all the games, I should say, in London. Tons and tons and tons of giveaways. Just a great community for fans alike. So check out the NFL lads on Facebook and Instagram. Right, let's get into our rookie rankings. Welcome, gents. So, um... I think we're all looking forward to our rookie drafts upcoming in the various leagues we're in but uh, all of this discussion certainly going to help me and I hope it helps others maybe you'll convince me to take players I've not considered already um, and change my mind but uh, so we left off last time uh, with pick 12 which was Jalen Rager just really briefly going through our top 12 it was Burrow, Tua, uh, Edward Zillaire, Jonathan Taylor Dobbins, Swift, the first six. Then we had Justin Herbert, Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb. Henry Ruggs and Cam Akers were joint sort of 10 slash 11. And then finally Jalen Rager. So getting straight into it then, the next player on our consensus rankings. And looking at the average of all the scores, he's a player who narrowly missed out on the first. And then there's quite a big drop off in our rankings between 13 and 14. So it is Justin Jefferson it is the LSU product who really shone in the playoffs. Um, I think it was in the semifinal where he had four touchdowns or maybe even the college, uh, college ball final uh, evades me at the moment. But LSU product, Justin Jefferson at the Vikings, effectively there to cover the uh, void that's left behind by um, Stefan Diggs. 
So Paul, out of everyone, you've got him the highest, but there's not a really big variant. So you've actually got Justin Jefferson at 11, so he would have been in your first round. What do you like about Jefferson at the Vikings? Um, I just, I'm not, I, I really liked watching him play last year. I'm not sure it wasn't the fact that he was playing with Burroughs as well, but, you know, I, I'm not sure which way around it is. I actually think Burroughs has possibly helped with Jefferson more than the other way around. Um, he just seems to catch everything. He didn't, you know, he if it's anywhere near him, he seems to go and get it. Um, he's not as fast as some others, though, which I think is a sort of slight negative. But um, I, I like his I like his um, his ability ability to hold the ball and catch go up and get it. Yeah, definitely, he's he's an absolute competitor. You can see he's got that streak about him, and of course, it helped that they had arguably the best receiver in college football in Jamar Chase as well. So. With the role he's going into the Vikings, he's arguably that uh, ex receiver, and you know, with Thielen probably getting most of the number one corners, marking him could could have a uh, impact from year one. Mudi, any yeah. thoughts on Jefferson at the Vikings? I just I just love his landing spot. I think um, Vikings with that whole left um, from trading digs. I think um, he he has a very high upside. And, uh, you know, immediately he's going to be probably the starting receiver right off the bat. Um, and, uh, no, I mean, he's a young young stud who has a lot of room to grow there. Okay. James, any final thoughts on Jefferson? See, I'm actually the lowest on him, and it, I'm the opposite. I'm, I'm not sold on the landing spot. We've talked about the Vikings not being a very um, pass-volume-heavy team. So they're still going to rely on the ground through Dalvin Cook. The number one guy's Adam Thielen. So I think for me, in year one, yeah, he probably contribute, filling that void of digs, but Thielen's still going to get his targets. I don't think they can support two, you know, two um, wide receiver one, wide receiver twos. Maybe longer term, you know, when Thielen gets sort of phased out and he sort of becomes the guy. But as you said, at LSU, he was the... Primarily the slot receiver. Obviously, you had Jamar Chase as the uh, then yeah the number one, and Adam Thielen does his best work as well. So if he's going to be playing as the X, has he got the sort of skill set to sort of make that work? So oh, yeah, he could be good, but I don't think he's going to be a contributor in year one. So for me, I'll be taking other players who I think have more upside at that position. Um, you know, at the top of the second. Okay. Uh, it's interesting. And, you know, Vikings did use one of their first round picks on Jefferson. So clearly I think somebody that they liked. Um, I, I like Jefferson. I had him just outside uh, my first round at pick 13. But as I said, it's is in that region now where a lot of these can swing um, before the rookie drafts happen or, or when ours happen in about three to four weeks time. Uh, so then next up, it's sort of a joint 14th slash 15th. Uh, I'll go with the first one because he was drafted high. It's Denzel Mims at the New York Jets. Again, another team that used the first uh, a first round pick on uh, drafting the receiver. Uh, so here again, Mudit, you're slightly the highest, but we're all we've all got him with a high of 14 and a low of 16. So I think we all like the landing spot there. What was it that you liked most about Mims at the Jets, Mo? I, I think the landing spot, I mean, uh, I think the only c- a competition he has right now is 
Bashard Perriman right there. And um, I think the landing spot, again, I think the landing spot gives him probably more upside again. As for a player, I, I wasn't I, I wasn't very keen on him during the season, but the senior bowl and his combine just, just checked all the boxes. And I'm, I'm, I'm always a little weary when it comes to, you know, grading someone just purely on the combine or one game but i just i just love the landing spot again i mean it's just you know you have you have you have an opportunity to be the guy um and uh mims is in that position at the moment i mean i guess you know jefferson there again i, I do understand he's behind dealing but uh you know as chicks mentioned once he gets phased out he has a chance there um and you know same as Hig- higgins but um yeah i mean i, I love the upside uh, i wasn't very sold on him as a player throughout the season but you know, you know, with the upside and, and what he showed in the in the senior bowl and the combine, I mean, I think you, you have to kind of draft him around this range. Yeah, he's a player who really earned himself that first round grade and pick in the end, based on, as you say, the senior bowl and the combine. He really stood out um, amongst amongst some of his competitors there. I mean, I've got him one spot lower than you at fifteen. I think it's just the opportunity there, even though none of us, I don't think, are fans of the coaching staff at the Jets. I think uh, Sam Darnold is a very good quarterback, a young quarterback. Uh, My personal opinion is that their best receiver at the moment will be Jamison Crowder, and he was fantasy relevant uh, last season, particularly in PPR. He's not going to get you many touchdowns, but in PPR, I like Jamison Crowder. But again, they were really missing that once Robbie Anderson left to uh, join your Panthers. So um, as like the landing spot, like the talent, like the QB, just not a fan of the coaching staff, which would quite easily change. <laughs> Someone actually made a valid point, though, right? Is that Gaze could be gone pretty soon if they suck. So that, that'll be a, bon- a bonus for, um, for Mims. And if they start winning and doing well, and Gaze something, somehow manages to turn it around... And that's also going to be a positive for Mim. So I think, yeah, his star's pointing up purely for the fact that Gaze will either be doing well or he'll be gone in the near near future. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I can't see Gaze being there too long, but as you say, could turn it around. Uh, This is arguably the most vulnerable the Patriots have been in a long, long time. So who knows what can happen in that division. Uh, so then at 15 or 14 slash 15, next up is T. Higgins. Uh, Chiggs and Paul both ranked him very highly at 13. Uh, I was actually the lowest on him at 18, but, um, you know, he is our consensus 14 slash 15. So Chiggs, I know you were you were keen to speak about Higgins on the first episode and you had to sort of uh, slow down there for a moment until we got to him, but clearly a player you like. So what, what do you love about Higgins at the Bengals? Um, so if you look at you know, Higgins at Clemson, you know, he was that, that ex receiver and now he's landed with the quarterback, you know, of the future for the, for the Bengals. So the landing spot for me is perfect. Um, he's got Barrow thrown to him. He profiles to be that guy that replaces AJ Green. And we know how good AJ Green is and has been. And, you know, he can't stay stay fit. He's probably only got another season left in Cincy. So T. Higgins will probably take over that role. He's got Tyler Boyd on the other side of him as the number two. You know, we know Tyler Boyd's a very good wide receiver too. He's not going to be the wide receiver one. This is going to be T. Higgins. And he's starting out. He's got, he's learning from AJ Green. He's got Borrow thrown to him. That, that for me, is a perfect, perfect match. 
you know, if you've got the first pick and the second, you've taken Barrow 101, you take T Higgins 201. Mm. Very happy. Yeah, a lot of the, I mean, every everyone we've talked about today has had high draft pedigree. The lowest so far was J.K. Dobbins at 221. Uh, so, you know, everyone here so far has got high um, draft capital associated with them. And Paul, again, you're really high on Higgins. What did you like about that landing spot at the Bengals? To be honest, I think Shig said it. You know, he's got he's got a good new quarterback. Um, it, but fundamentally, Shig's covered it. In all honesty, I'm just going to be making stuff up to uh, to, to to sound good. But he, yeah, he's he's a big guy as well. Yeah, he he's big. He's pretty fast. He. He, I think he will actually. He would be my favourite wide receiver, really, if he comes in the right spot. I think. Yeah, I get that. I mean, and I'll give my perspective. I had him at eighteen in my ranking, so I am technically the lowest. But what, why so low? Uh, you know, not. My worry was that I don't see him contributing much in year one, and I know he's got the uh, learning tree there. Is it not many better players you can? ask for than AJ Green but they they do have a lot of well-known players in that offense already and I, I just thought it might find it harder to stamp his DNA into that offense especially in year one I completely get your points from year two onwards um, he should but it's not always easy for receivers to even make it in the second season so I had I had a slight concern but not big as I said he's a top 18 pick I must confess, when, I I'm, had him at when 18. I'm saying my my rankings I'm not basing any any of it on year one really I always think now I think running backs perform well in year one uh, wide receivers really in year two and quarterbacks two or three you know and it, it, you know and that's a bit broad but broadly most of the time you're I'm looking at a wide receiver for the second year if, if you're looking at um T Higgins as well his pedigree right I think he was the Leading touchdown scorer for for Clemson, you know he's beaten DeAndre Hopkins, Mark, and stuff like that. So and Sammy Watkins. So you know some pretty elite company in terms of college receivers. And obviously we've seen what especially DeAndre Hopkins has done in the NFL. You generally talk about a, a third year breakout for wide receivers, and it takes them a little bit of time to to learn the root tree and build that rapport with the quarterback. So if for me, if you're taking him at the start of the second, it means you know you, you finished very low last year you're not really probably going to suddenly turn your team around and be competing this is the kind of player that you potentially want on your roster in years two three four you know when you're suddenly turned your team around and now going for the ship yeah i understand that uh, and you know you've seen it a lot with players in year three um i said it was just other players around whether he can stamp his mark in there you've still got joe mixon You've still got Giovanni Bernard, uh, who's there. You've got AJ Green, as you mentioned, Tyler Boyd. Even Auden Tate um, showed flashes last year. And they had the, um, is it Drew Sample, the tight end, who they used decent draft pedigree on last year. So I just think there's there's more competition there. I don't hate the landing spot. Um, I, I love the player. As you said, he was absolute beast for Clemson. But uh, it's just I've got others slightly ahead of him. But this whole range of receivers, it's very, very subjective. And it's completely fine margins uh, that I've used in um, making my assessments. So that was Mims and T Higgins at 14 slash 15. So next up, we have Brandon Ayuk, who was selected again in the first round by um, 
the San Francisco 49ers at pick 25. And interestingly, actually, in the last couple of days, the GM of the 49ers is saying that they had the same sort of assessment on him as CD Lamb in terms of their scoring or their uh, ranking. Uh, different type of players. The reason I, I've got Ayuk as high as 14, as does Mo, actually. So it'd be interesting to hear Mo's takes. But my view is I just love that offense and I love the offensive mind of Carl Shanahan. And with Emmanuel Sanders going, it leaves a big void, a lot of targets. And, and I think he could have opportunity to deliver from the get-go. And a lot of that 49ers um, offense isn't going to be around deep passes and receive it. It's going to be yards after the catch. Garoppolo is not really one a gunslinger type QB. You saw that last year. A lot of dump-offs, a lot of passes to his favorite targets like Kittle and Debo, who then do the damage after the catch. And I think Ayuk fits into that system very well. He's also versatile, so he can be used like Debo was on effectively some of those running back style plays. That's why I have him at 14. He is our consensus 16. Mo, before we get to Paul and Chiggs, what did you like about Ayuk that you've got him as high as 14 as well? I think I love his uh, route running. I think that was my favorite part. Um, I actually watched a couple of his games um, there at Arizona, the Arizona State there. And I think the year before, he would have been, uh, I mean, he probably would have, he probably would have been even a better receiver if Nikhil Harry wasn't there. And once he left, and last year was all Ayuk. I mean, he sh- he showed showed flash to stardom there. Um, I, I I I honestly I like where he went just because Sanders is no longer there. But I would I would have preferred him to go to a more potent offense that was you know more of a you know that threw more than just consistently run the ball. Um, that was my that was my downside there. Um, that, so I mean, I kind of get you like where he landed uh, just because you know the lack of wide receivers. However, I mean, they just they just don't throw the ball enough, in my, you know, for my liking. But I, I think he'll develop into a great wide receiver. Um, one thing I do have that does concern me a little bit is his injury. I think right now he's got a uh, – he's sometimes a little bit of injury prone. I think he's got like a core uh, – muscle core injury at presently. So that that part kind of uh, kind of worries me a little bit. But as for skill-wise, oh, man, I love I loved his route running ability and stuff. I, mean, I, I would say he's probably a top three route runner in this draft class. I'd agree with that. The other player who we'll talk about much later who I like for route running is Van Jefferson at the Rams, actually. Another polished route runner there. But uh, so Chiggs and Paul, you're both fairly low, but not extremely at sort of 18, 19. Start with you, Chiggs. What was it you didn't like about Ayuk compared to some of the guys you've got just above? It's, um, it's not it's nothing I don't like about Ayuk. I think you touched upon it for me. I said to a few, a few of you guys already that I'm sort of classing this sort of tier of wide receivers as pretty much interchangeable. So I've actually, I would be taking the next guy in the list, you know, I've got him in the first round because I'm looking to get that running back upside because I'm, I'm seeing these wide receivers as, you know, you're splitting hairs really. I, I like how you, as Mo says, you know, great, great route runner. I just not a massive fan of, that offense where he's landed, yeah. Then you know, Carl Shanahan's a genius, but they don't throw the ball enough for my liking for him to be putting up big numbers. Kittle's still going to be the main guy there. Debo's obviously, you know, going to get his share. So, is there going to be enough volume for him to be relevant? That's my concern. 
Fair enough. And Paul, what are your views? Because you had him even lower than Chiggs, but only by one spot. Yeah, I am. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I don't. I, I It really is the landing spot. It's If he's in other, in other places, I'd have him higher. But, um, you know, he's in a run first offense. Shanahan's always is going to be going that way. They've only lost. They've lost Emmanuel Sanders, but he didn't actually get that many um, any target. As sorry, as many targets. I think you probably fairly did. Um, still, you know, I mean, he's, he's going to be very much third after um, uh, Debo and uh, Kittle. So I just, I don't, yeah. I don't see him being a good spot for him. I, I would like to take him, but not where he's going. I would like him if I, if I could get him at nineteen, I'd be very happy. Mm. You know, which, but I don't, I don't want him 15, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, completely get it. Um, and in fact, I should have mentioned it was 16 slash 17. Both got same consensus score. But uh, the player that we've got at 17, uh, well, 16 slash 17 is Keyshawn Vaughn, drafted by the Barks. Much bigger range here, actually. So Chiggs is the highest on him. As you said, you've actually got him at pick 12 in the first round. And Mo is the lowest all the way down at 20. So we'll start with you, Chiggs. What what made you love that landing spot that you have him in your first round? I just, and before you answer, I just want to say, just bearing in mind that he was drafted in the third round as well, which is the lowest of all the players so far. Yeah, and so I think, look, Keyshawn Vaughan's not the best running back in the class by a long way. You know, he does some nice stuff. But the third round for a running back, still reasonable draft capital. And it's that purely that offense. The landing spot is fantastic. You know, we've, we've said that any running back that lands in um, Tampa Bay under Bruce Arians, now they've got Tom Brady there as well, he's going to be fantasy relevant. And for me, I don't see Ronald Jones, you know, providing much competition. You know, he couldn't beat out Peyton Barber and Ogunbowale last year. So, yeah, Ronald, Ronald Jones for me is is... Is not going to be any competition. So I can see Keyshawn Vaughan taking over that backfield. And in that offense, for me, there's a big tear drop off after, you know. So as I said, the wide receivers in this sort of second round, they're, they're largely interchangeable. You know, if I've got a pick at 201 or a pick at 208, 209, I'm largely indifferent with the guys I'm going to get. You know, I'll just take the best wide receiver available on the board. However, after Vaughan, I think there's a real drop off in the quality of running back that you know uh, would be relevant. So for me, that's why I've got him in the first. I, I want the upside. If I land with him, then you know I've got the starting running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's going to be fantasy gold. So Mo, what was it about you? What was it about the spot that you had him as low as twenty? Then I guess his spot's a favorable one. Um, I just don't. I just haven't seen much of him as a player for me to take a risk on him. Um, I almost feel like you know, Rojo's a better runner, and you know Deray is. Uh, um, I'm butchering his name. Is a better pass catcher, and this guy kind of fits in between. Um, I think he's he's just basically mediocre at both. He's I think he's a mediocre runner, and he's you know he's a decent catch, uh, uh, you know catching uh, balls out of the backfield type of running back. 
Um, and I just honestly just haven't seen much of him to kind of go, okay, this this guy's a solid running back. I, I think he's going to take away the starting job in, in Tampa Bay. And I, 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 don't, I don't believe that. I think it's going to be – I think what they may implement there is more of a running back by committee and kind of do similar to what, you know, uh, Brady's kind of done throughout his whole life there up in New England. Just have a – you know, just, just have like three or four running backs that based on um, each play – uh, just you know, be handing it off or throwing it off to just different running backs every you know every other play here and there. So I don't see. I mean, I I think at best he's going to be a running back by committee type of setup there, and I'd rather take take this draft pick and uh, you know go ahead and you know draft a wide receiver who has a lot more upside um, than uh, Vaughn would. I mean, I just I, honestly I just don't see the upside personally. I think uh, I, I think you know if, you know you get a couple injuries there, okay, sure. But without injuries, I just don't like that backfield. See, I, I, I yeah. think for me, um, if you look at what Brady did with his running backs in New England, James White and Sony Michelle were both very fantasy relevant at the same time, right? So he can support two running backs in his offense. You know, we know what Bruce Arians has done with his running backs previously. With a, you know, so. You say about upside, if anything, this guy's got more upside than all of the wide receivers we just covered off in the you know, um But but here's my thing though. Do you think he could be that Sony Michelle or or be White? Like I think I think Michelle's a better runner and I also think White's a better pass catcher. Yeah, but then they wouldn't have spent a third round pick on him, right? If they I, didn't see something in they didn't like. That, that's that's what I was shocked by. I, I I thought he was going to be like late fifth rounder or something, and I mean I I barely even saw any tape on him, and I was surprised they drafted him that early. Yeah, and I'm sort of halfway. I split the difference here. I've got him at 16, and I, I like the landing spot. And the reason I've got him as high as I have is all landing spot and coaching staff driven. Because when I look at his college career and even his age forget that he's 23 so if you think he's already older than the majority of the backs in this class he's he's actually older than the likes of carry on johnson and i think he's actually older than ronald jones coming into the league um but i'm looking at his college stats here you know he played for vanderbilt so not one of the big schools but sec is a tough tough division uh first year at vanderbilt he only had 157 carries so it's not like he was a uh, had lots and lots of carries, um, not many catches in that year, only 13. And then last year at Vanderbilt, um, only 198 carries. So significantly more workload, but again, only sort of 28 catches. So no no different. It's not like he's a catching, a, a pass catching specialist. So that's why I've got skepticism on him and already because he's had Looks like he had a year out because he was at Illinois for two years. Then he had 2017 out and then he played for Vanderbilt in the SEC. So th th there is reason for concern, but I suppose you're going to get that as you get to this stage of the draft with players anyway. I think uh, I think Chiggs and I should have a little fab bet here or some type of little bet on the side uh, with this player. The thing is, like, he, he could very easily bust, right? I'm, I'm not saying he's... Chiggs is backing out quick. The reason I've got him at the back end of the first is if, if I just won the yeah. ship, I'm happy to take take a gamble here. Right? I've already got a very, very good team. I'm willing to, if I burn this 112 on a guy that busts, it's not the end of the world. If this guy hits, you know, I think he's got the highest upside of all these guys and he's also got the lowest floor. 
So, you know, what what am I drafting for? Do I want like a a secure player that you know might develop into a good? You know, all these guys you said about wide, the wide receivers at the top of the second. There's question marks about all of them. You know, we've said a lot of them probably won't even be fantasy relevant in years sort of one and maybe even year two. This guy's a plug and play guy that potentially could be the lead running back. You get two, three good years out of him, win another couple of ships, happy days, right? No, no, that's true. You know, you never know with these guys, with these running backs. Um, I, I think, I think you're right about his location, though. I mean, um, I, I just wish he was a better running back. I mean, you you put you put one of these top tier running backs. Um, in that in that system, uh, I think he'll be. They'll probably oh. be one of the first or second running backs off the board. Absolutely. But okay. Uh, it was a good discussion on. Sorry, go on, Chicks. If, if Swift had landed in Tampa Bay, I think we'd all be saying, you know, him and Ceh. It's a toss up, you know. Oh yeah. To be what you know, first first running back to be drafted, but that that's the that's the slight knock, right? Vaughn's talent level is not as good as the others. But the landing spot, we've all said, you have that running back there, I want to draft the upside. Yeah, and it's said Rojo's not exactly shown that he can't be beat out as well. So maybe a decent path to being the RB1 there. But uh, let's see how uh, Vaughn gets drafted in in the leagues that we're in anyway. Um, So next up then at 18 is Michael Pittman, who was drafted by the Colts, actually with the second pick of the... um, of second pick of the second round, I should say. So they targeted Pittman before they even traded up to get Jonathan Taylor, which I think is quite key in the discussion. Uh, I mean, we've all got him very similarly rate uh, ranked anywhere between 15 and 17. The range is not small. I think if I was looking at this again, I may even nudge him up a couple of spots because of the hype that's coming in from the GM and the coaching staff. Frank Kreiker said he can see him contributing right away, maybe even getting that lead receiver role. What I liked about Pittman was he had a good, really good college career. Seems like a smart play. I think he got the highest Wonderlick score of um, any receiver in the class as well. And again, he's a competitive player. And with T.Y. Hilton on the latter stages now of his career, um, I really like the landing spot for Pittman. Um, I know there's a bit of quarterback uncertainty at the moment, how long Rivers will be there, who comes in next. Definitely something to uh, consider. But we discussed when we are talking about Jonathan Taylor that Colts have one of the best offensive lines at the moment. And with that comes not only great openings for the running game, but pass protection for the quarterback. So whether Rivers is there for one year, two years, whether they get somebody in next year, I don't know what that QB situation is going to be like. But if they can keep a strong O-line, then they should give whoever the QB is time. And and I love that for Pittman. Um, but, you know, I said I'm, I've got him at 17. Paul, you've got him the highest. What did you like about Pittman at the college? I, I like the landing spot. I mean, I like him. Again, he's big, tough and fast. But I like the landing spot. I like the fact he's playing against T.Y. Sorry, alongside T.Y. Um, and with Rivers passing. So he's going to have a couple of years. You know, I know originally they said, you know, you'd expect him to be a couple of years to come in. But I think he he will he will be someone I'd like to draft this year. Um, for, you know, far from a guaranteed uh, production this year. But I think he's got a decent chance of making some reasonable production this year with what with the system he's in. 
Mo, thoughts on Pittman with the Colts? Oh, I, I love him. I think I'm, I agree with you guys, uh, with everything you've said there. Um, uh, and yeah, highest Wonderlick score. I mean, doesn't say much, but I've, I've actually, he was probably one of my sleepers. I was hoping to catch in the back end of the second round uh, before all this hype, uh, hype, actually, yeah, before he got hyped up, unfortunately. Um, and, and I also landed in an ideal landing spot, a favorable landing spot, but no, I, I think I liked him uh, pre-draft, honestly. Well, 18th would be the pick 206, which is a pick I own. So if you want to trade up, Mo, then um, show me the <laughs> um, money. I'm fine. Because um, uh, I think uh, even 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 if he goes, uh, uh, there's a couple other ones that I had as sleepers. Uh, I think your next receiver coming up is uh, one of them as well. So any one of those I'm fine with, honestly. Yeah, and uh, just looking again at our rankings, but also my thought, I think this is where we have a bit of a tear break. Because um, there's a bit of a gap between Pittman and... Our number 19th guy, which is LaVisca Chenault, um, absolute speedster. I think he played at Colorado. Uh, you know, there were rumors that he would have been a first rounder. As it turns out, he was drafted early in the second at pick 10. Uh, I think what really held him back was some of those injuries in uh, last season. Probably hurt his um, draft capital a bit. Uh, I- I've got him, I mean, we've got him 18 or 21. I've got him at 21. Just because I'm not always big on drafting those boom-bust type players, which is what I see with Chenault, I'm still not comfortable with the injury status. But that said, I still have him as a second-round player. Uh, The Jags do have a lot of receivers, but outside of DJ Chark, there's not much proven talent there. Nobody has really stamped their authority, even likes of Westbrook and... Keelan Cole and whatever they've had flash games but nobody's proven themselves and um, might even be lucky to make the roster at this point so he's definitely got upside um, and at the Jags he should have opportunity that's why I had him in my second round but there's a lot of nervousness um, if I'm drafting Chenault. Uh, Chiggs you've also got him at 21 what are your views on Chenault at the Jags? Yeah, so I think you're talking about the tier break. For me, there's one guy, um, Brian Edwards, I'd have had in that sort of tier. And then for me, Chenault hits into that next tier. Um, very similar to what you've just said. You know, I think talent is there. He's, he's definitely a playmaker. But you've got the injury concerns and just the Jags offense isn't really, other than DJ, DJ Chark, who's going to be their number one, I still think. We still don't know the quarterback situation. Um, and, yeah, so, you know, you are you are now taking a bit of a gamble on him. But then you're getting him at the sort of middle to the back end of the second. Yeah. And, so to, Mo, you said he's one of your sleepers. What did you like about Chenault? Oh, I think pre-draft. Um, pre-draft, I was, I was actually hoping he went to uh, the Packers using the first-round pick on him, honestly. Um, I think he's he's just a gadget player. He can he can play any 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 spot necessarily. He can be a running back uh, coming out of the back end. I mean, I, I mean his catching ability is great. He just his um I, I the biggest con and I think you can mention is his injuries. I mean uh, his his injuries his injuries is what put him behind, especially when he actually got injured in um uh, during the combine, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but. Um, uh, is, is that correct? Did, did he get injured during the combine when he was about to run his forty or after his first forty attempt? He, that sounds 
like it could have happened. <laughs> okay, I, I want to say something like this. Uh, there there was definitely there was definitely an injury around the combine. <laughs> I just forget it, whether it was at the combine. Or... It, it definitely sounds like a Chenault move right there. But I mean, his body, his versatility, his hands. I mean, he's he's an explosive player in gen uh, in um uh, generally. His only I think his major negative would be his injury and I think his route running polish, which is something that you can easily. Uh, that's something you can actually. It's, it's a teachable thing. But as for you know having the frame and having. You know all the traits, physical attributes to be an elite wide receiver. He has them, and I think you know, Minshew um, Mania maybe. I mean, uh, he's uh, let's, let's throw that ball and uh, let's, let's spit it around here to Chenault and uh, Chark there. Maybe throw in uh, some Oliver action at the tight end. <laughs> so just the players you own in fantasy, then basically. Oh, of course. Uh, you know they're the only ones that do well, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. If you want, okay, you can take so... as well uh, off my hands. Uh, for How a was that? Uh, I'll, give, you have? Yeah, I'll give you Keelan Cole for a second round and you can lock up that backfield. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so next up, then narrowly after Chanel at our consensus 20 is Brian Edwards, another receiver drafted by the Raiders who clearly had a need at receiver. Uh, they drafted him in the middle of the third round. So considering taking two receivers in the top three rounds, considerable equity out there um again we couldn't really split the difference you know high of 19 love 21 paul what did you like about edwards at the raiders that you've got him ranked in your back in well, the second i i actually like him more than i've ranked him i mean i've got if you want to have a fat bet on this i need some odds but i reckon in the first six games he will score more points than rugs oh i will take that bet sir but, but i will be wanting some odds on that Ooh. <laughs> All right. Uh, Not nothing's too strong. Something like two to one, three to one would be nice. Maybe maybe one point five <laughs> to one. Go on then. I'll do that. All right. Six we got seven. a deal here. You want you want to double up on that, Mike? Uh oh. So you take him. You take you take you. You going on my side, right? I'm gonna take Paul's side. Ooh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll take it. Fifty uh, against seventy-five. Uh, sure. Let's do it. Done. Nice. Wait, are we talking uh, real money or are we talking uh, fab, fab, fab. money? <laughs> I, I yeah, we we'll use fab in the TBC fab. league. You're American. You can't, you can't bet. <laughs> That's true. Um, all right. Fab it is. Done. I'm going to write it in the books. Moe's Ledger. Oh, dear. What's our podcast going to become? We're going to be making fab bets every episode now. <laughs> uh, right so uh brian edwards yeah uh again i i like the landing spot i've got him as high as 19 really like the landing spot um think he's a completely different type of receiver very good uh slot type receiver so should pair off well with uh, henry ruggs and then they've still got terrell williams there as well right um so three pretty decent receivers josh jacobs in the backfield um i i think edwards will get opportunity which is the main thing because outside of that there's a few i mean they've got darren waller who is actually a very very productive tight end and i don't see that changing for this season i know he's got his own competition um but if anything i think he'll get opportunity there are a few other receivers there there's also Hunt, hunter renfro actually but uh I, I do think edwards is uh i liked they, him pre-draft they took so um, another wide receiver in the draft as well didn't they um, if they did, uh, it would have been a fairly late one. Yes, uh, I think it was you're a QB. right. It's actually a QB that's uh, that's turned a uh, wide receiver, if I'm not mistaken. Right. 
It was um oh no sorry it's, it's Lynn Bowden Jr. He's a running back, but he can play at wide receiver as well, well right? So. Was he a running back, QB, and a wide receiver? I think it's like a combination or something. Yeah. It's the ultimate gadget player. <laughs> so, um, it's the guy. Taysom Hill, your heart out. Okay, uh, so that was uh, Brian Edwards. Next up then at our consensus 21 was Zach Moss, who was drafted at the Bills. And in fact, just earlier today, we saw news that Frank Gore has left to join the Jets, so stayed in division. But Chiggs, you've actually got him the highest, I believe, at 19, but not much in it, anywhere between 19 and 21. What do you like about Zach Moss at the Bills? And I'm going to just add, considering that they still have Devin Singletree there as well. Yeah, I, I don't... It's a, it's a scarcity of running backs, as I say. You know, Zach Moss is not going to set the world alight. He's a solid runner. Um, you know, I like the Bills' offense. I know um, Josh Allen's going to steal some touchdowns um, from them anyway. I can see it being a you know a sort of split backfield between him and Singletary, but we saw the success Singletary had last year. I'm just kind of gambling on upside again. You know, if if Moss can produce like that, he ends up winning that backfield. It's, you know, it could be quite productive, but you know now we really are taking sort of dart throws at any of these guys, and I'm just purely drafting for upside. Yeah, and it, it's a position where injuries can occur and Singletary isn't built like Saquon, you know, so who knows. But I really, really like Devin Singletary. I think he's a great player to have in Dynasty. And again, another player who was drafted young. He's only, what, 21 now, You're I think? You're actually jam into a trade. I've got him yeah, now. I was going to say, you, you must really love him because you got the 104 from him. Well, it turned out to be the 104, but at the time, Paul was in the playoffs, so I had to... Assume it would be a late one, but oh, uh, no, it, even then. Paul's team was always a rebuild, but um, <laughs> my team's always rebuild. Here's, here's a question though: like, where where would Devin Singletary fall in this draft class? Do you think one two, right? Otherwise, I've been ripped off. Um, in, in his starting <laughs> in his starting position, I mean, I think um, uh, I think he'd be a top ten. You you think Devin Singletary would break into that top ten? I think so, because I, I think I would put him be uh, above like um. Uh, some of these other wide uh, running backs here, just because he ha- he has a starting gig in um in Buffalo. I I mean I c- I can put him above. Uh, I'd have him, him over DeAndre. Yeah. Ooh, I'd have him above Swift. That's for sure. But Swift was ninth in my rankings. Um, I'd I'd, I'd say he's around around Dobbins for me, just under Taylor, but around Dobbins. Wow. Um, so around that. Even considering it's super flex, it, I really like Singletary, so he'd probably be around the. You might be able to get him 104 back. 104 to 105. He doesn't <laughs> have that level of talent for me to be anywhere near Dobbins or Swift. Um, you know, I, I'd be looking at him as an early to mid second round guy personally, but you know, that's why wow. I wouldn't be paying the uh, the price for him. But yeah, if we already ha- if we hadn't already had a bet, we could have had a bet on Singletary against. Um... Who's the Bucks? Vaughn. Oh, uh, easy. Singletary's going to beat Vaughn. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I'm happy if, if you guys want to take I'll, that bet. I'll give you two to one on that. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that. Go on. All right. Year, year cool. one, two to one. So 50 year to 100. One, two to one. 50 Vaughan to 100. Uh, yeah, Wait, year who's one. Who's it um, with? Me or Mo? 
I'll, I'll do 50 with each of you guys. Two to one. All right, cool. All right, Look um, at this. Um, uh, also, just, just concerning injuries and all, this is based off uh, uh, stats per game. Uh, like, points per game, basically. You've got to average it out just in case they get injured. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, fine. Cool. We have another bet. <laughs> right, so that was Zach Moss at 21. Uh, swiftly moving on, we've got KJ Hamler, who was taken in the second round. So Broncos really ramping up those weapons for Drew Locke, taking receiver-receiver in rounds one and two. Um, reason I've got Hamler at 25, as I do, so just outside my second, is he's a, a sort of boom-bust player for me. So while it's nice to have some of those if you're really strong at receiver, so if you've got somehow Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams and Julio Jones and you can just afford to have a boom-bust player, I like the upside that Hamler could bring. He's rapid, absolutely rapid. Um, and I think is he's up there with rugs in terms of pace. So you can see what the Raiders and... Broncos are doing when you've got the Chiefs in division with the likes of Nicole Hardman and uh, Tyreek Hill and you know just a, a lot of quick players in that offense so uh, I said that just falls outside my second round for me because I'm not sure he's going to get targeted as much but Paul you've got him at 22 which is how our consensus has him so what did you like about Hamler getting like drafted at the Broncos I like I like his speed and actually, as I start to get into, for me, the second round, um, uh, certainly late second round into the third, I don't really want to get people that I think are about right. I'd, I'd rather have that boom bust, full stop. Because my worst case is I bust and I get the one I want to trade away for you next year. Sure. But um, yeah, I, I, I kind of want to target people that I think generally are more boom bust than, um, than about right for their position. And if he's if he's a blowout, fine. You just you know you never use him. That's a fair comment. I mean, the, those players can bring great value. I mean, Hollywood Brown showed that. But then there's the downside where you can't always rely on them. Uh, Mo, thoughts on Hamler at the um, at the Broncos? You have him ranked just as high as Paul at 22. I think uh, I thought he was a great receiver uh, coming out of college. I mean, I think uh, except for his just his height. I think he's like 5'9 or 5'8 or something. I mean, everything else, his route tree, hands, I mean, his his football IQ in general and his speed are elite level. He is a boom or bust type of player. I agree with that. I think what's probably going to happen is um, he's probably going to start off uh, returning punts, if anything, there with the Broncos. Um, uh, though the thing I didn't like about him is where he landed. Um, but I think pre-draft, he was one of my sleepers as well, which I, I think I saw him fall, like, you know, being drafted somewhere in the late second or so, right, right around where he's at. Um, I, I just wasn't a fan of the uh, of the landing spot just because, I mean, he's going to be fighting uh, fighting for uh, uh, catches there between uh, Sutton, Fant, and Judy now. So um, that, that's my only downside. Um, and and Gordon and Lindsay. <laughs> oh, that's uh, the running. Yeah, yeah, bring them into it too. Cool. And Chiggs, you've got him at thirty. I guess for you, it's just about the 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 floor there, is it? That you have him so low. Just the, the upside, to be honest. I think you know I'd rather be taking um, the quarterbacks in the super flex at the end of the round too. Um, some of the other running backs, maybe some of the um, tight ends. You know. I just think I don't I don't ever see KJ Hamler profiling as 
you know, um, anything more than probably a, a week, a, you know, boom or bust wide receiver three on a season, you mm. know, I, I think his, his upside is, isn't there. So I wouldn't be wasting a pick on him for me. You know, he might give you yeah. that odd week where he sets you over the top, but, you know, if I land on Jalen Hurts or Jordan Love here, then I'll, yeah, I'll be an interesting happy. dilemma. Yeah. Uh, cool. So then, rounding off the last couple of picks in round two, we've got Cole Komet at the Bears at the um, pick 23. Reason I've got him there is because the Bears, considering they didn't have a first rounder, did invest high draft capital. He was their first pick at the 211. Also, this is a tight end premium. Um, so I thought they, you know, he could have opportunity. Um, the, even with the system, Matt Nagy, you know, with his history at the Eagles, I think they do like to target the tight ends. So I've gone for the upside. He, he's our consensus 23 and he's my 23. Mo, you weren't as high on him. You have him all the way down at 31. What are your thoughts on Komet at the Bears? I think it's a landing spot. Um, he uh, again, we I think we all knew this was a weak tight end class. Uh, that adds to uh, just to drop in you know tight end uh, rankings. But also the Bears have what ten tight ends on the roster. Uh, they got Jimmy Graham, which I understand he's aging. Um, there might be a little bit. There is upside to commit, uh, commit. But uh, man, I just I, I just don't like where he's landed, and um, I, I honestly just wasn't a fan of this this year's uh, tight end class, honestly. But if, if you're gonna take a flyer, he's probably one of the better tight ends to take one on. Um, I mean, Jimmy Graham and is aging, so he should he shouldn't be there long. And um, I mean, he could be the number one tight end here in a couple, you know, next next year or the year after. Uh, so, I mean, you do have a little bit of an upside to him. Uh, just again, not not a big fan of the landing spot or uh, or just the tight end, uh, you know, talent out there in this year's draft. Yeah, I understand that. As I said, for me, it was about the fact that Trey Burton's now gone, and it's a tight end premium league, so he could pay dividends even with you know four or five catches in a game sometimes. Uh, okay, we're gonna have to go fairly rapid fire on the rest, so. Rounding off round two, Jalen Hurts at R24. Uh, he will be there as the clear backup to Carson Wentz. Uh, Chiggs, what are your thoughts on Hurts at the uh, Eagles? So I, I like Jalen Hurts. Um, for me, it's it's the landing spot behind Carson Wentz. We know that Wentz can't stay healthy. <laughs> um, so, you know, Hurts has got... This is why I've got Hurts above Jordan Love, is that I think he's got a clearer path to taking over that job. Um, and, you know, he showed some good stuff in college, you know, um, with Alabama. And then when he transferred over to Oklahoma, he's, he's got some weaknesses in his game. But as a competitor, um, you know, as, as a guy, you know, I, I really like Jalen Hurts. Do I think he's a top tier talent? No, but I just think opportunity wise in a super flex league, this is the kind of guy I want to be taking over the upside. Yeah, Paul has him lowest at 33. Paul has just had to step away, but I uh, would have asked him uh, on his views on that. But I agree. I think there's, with Carson Wentz, injury history could be a uh, opportunity there. Uh, okay, so we'll quick fire through round three. Devin Duvernay, who landed with the Ravens at 25. I have him highest at 22, and the reason I like that is because I just think he's an excellent, excellent slot receiver. There may be a bit of Texas bias with my love for the Longhorns, but <laughs> when, when Colin Johnson went down, he really showed up and had very, very productive last year, even though 
the Longhorns lost, you know, effectively their O-line. Sam Ellinger was always under pressure there. Uh, but Duvernay had a great season. I like the landing spot with the Ravens because Lamar does tend to throw down the middle of the park. Uh, and having seen what he does with Andrews, I think Duvernay could get opportunity from CE, from year one, which is why I have him in my second round, personally. Um, Chiggs, you weren't as high on Duvernay. Yeah, it's just purely just around the lack of volume um, in that passing game. You know, it's still going to be a run-heavy offence. Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, Lamar Jackson. And they still got Hollywood Brown. Um, they still got um, Moe's boy. Um, uh, uh, Boyden. Myers Boykin. So, you know, I just don't think there's enough uh, volume there to support him. But, you know, as you say... Yeah. He- could be Mark Andrews as well, obviously. But as you say, good slot receiver. You know, obviously, I like the player. I just wasn't a fan of the landing spot. Sure. Okay. Uh, so next up, we have Jordan Love, arguably the surprise of the first round. The Packers not only drafted him with their first, but they traded up to get him in the first. Um, I mean, Mo, yeah, you're really high on you're Love. Aaron you're Rogers. the only one. Sorry. You- if you're Aaron Rodgers, you're fuming, right? You're, you're <laughs> oh, absolutely. Literally, there, um, there was a stat where the last offensive skill position player they took in the first round was before um, Jordan Love was Aaron Rodgers. So they've never given him an elite weapon to throw to. And then they go and yeah, trade, there was some really good replacement. There was some really good second round and third round receivers, but you're right. I mean. I don't know if you saw this stat, but Aaron Rodgers in his career has only ever thrown a one touchdown to a first-round player, <laughs> which was last year to Mercedes Lewis. One. Can you believe? I mean, what a stat. So um, poor Aaron Rodgers. He must have been fuming. Um, and it's not even like they weren't receiver <laughs> in the rest yeah. of the draft. Um, some questionable <laughs> decisions there. I think they got one of the lowest uh, draft grades. I think with Jordan Love, we all have him reasonably similar it's it's probably because of that opportunity i mean mo you've got him as high as pick 24 which funnily enough is a pick you own so if jordan love falls to you you taking him at the end of the second there's a possibility i think there's a possibility depending on who else is there at that point at that at at that spot um i mean super flex league i know i'm gonna be holding him for a while but he's the heir um to uh that offense there and to aaron Rodgers. Uh, which, you know, you know, again, I think minimum you're holding him for two years, which is what I like to see in a QB. I mean, most of these QBs that succeed to that elite level, they've usually had a year or two to sit behind, you know, a, a more established quarterback. And, I mean, I, he, you know, he's behind one of the best. The, the, thing, the thing is, I think people have to be very careful with sort of saying, oh, you know, he's going to take over from Aaron Rodgers and they're expecting him to be the next Aaron Rodgers. So the guy's obviously got the arm talent, but there's, you know, don't you say he's learning from probably one of the best of all time. It doesn't necessarily mean he's going to become that guy. Um, oh know. no, no, I, 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 yeah, no, I, I totally understand that. It's just like I think if I mean, but imagine if Love fell to any of these. Um, I mean, you know, let's let's say, uh, uh, let's see, where, where did Herbert go? Chargers. If Chargers had drafted him, I mean, I, I personally believe. I would rank as as pure talent wise and upside. I would rank Love above Herbert as a QB. 
it's just it's just aware of where Herbert's going to get a chance to start and all that. I mean, I think clear number one and two is Tua and um, Burrow, but I I almost felt, especially after that combine, that Love was probably the third best QB coming out out of that uh, out of that setup. I mean, at least I would say he's top four, which I, I thought he should have been. You know, first round eight, first round is just where he ended up going. So in fact, Paul's just season. rejoined us, and I was, I was going to ask Paul because Paul, you've got Jordan Love. When we did these rankings, as low as thirty-two, but you have said offline that if you would redo them, you'd probably have him higher. So, <sighs> what are your really thoughts on Love at the Packers? It's that slightly funny thing where I, I still kind of, I still fairly much, for pretty much stand by my rankings of him. I think when you start getting out here, you're not expecting any production from him year one. You don't actually know when you're going to get a production, but I think he's a good talent, and I think he's in a great place to learn. You know, I think he, I think he will be really good in real football, and a consequent, I think it will feed onto fancy. It's just whether I can actually warrant spending enough of a pick to end up with him on my team to leave him for long enough and keep this bench spot. You know, if it's if it's in a league with um with a taxi squad, then I'd be really keen to have him as one of my taxi taxi players. That's a good point. Taxi squad could make a big difference for um, draft capital that you invest in the rookie draft. It's uh, funny, I, I was going to give my two cents on... In and out. Sorry, go on. Oh, actually, before you do that, what is a taxi squad? So, so taxi squad is where you can put players in the first year of their rookie contract um, in in a taxi squad that you can't use them for game weeks unless you transfer them in and out. But it's an it's basically an additional few bench spots, but dedicated just to first or first and second year rookie players. So yeah, it's sometimes almost third. like a was well, oh, sometimes third as well. Yeah. Normally, once you've um, started, once you've started playing them, you can't. Yeah, you, they, they, they stay there, and you can't play them until you promote them to the proper to the pro. It's almost like a um, practice squad in the NFL. You can't just dip them in for one week, type of thing. They're either on your squad or they're not. Gotcha. The thing, the cool thing about it is, is you know, you, you have a lot of these guys that you draft in the sort of fourth and fifth round. We think the upside's there, but they're probably not going to get any opportunity for the first few years. You don't want to waste roster spots. So, you know, like when we're coming to the, this year's rookie class, you probably these are probably the guys you're going to start clearing out and then picking up new rookies so the taxi squad just allows you to just hold on to them to see if they do develop basically and then if they do you can promote them into your team and then they're an active roster oh and actually this is this is exactly what i what i meant with my previous a comment who was on with my previous comment where i kind of want that boom or bust when you get into your third fourth fifth round picks um in fantasy if they don't come on really quickly it's quite hard to hang on to them so you, you don't have enough of a you don't have enough of a roster to be able to hang on to loads of maybes. And I think that's a tricky, uh, I think that's a tricky point, a tricky part of it, whereas a taxi squad really helps that. But that's why, you know, no one's going to take love in in any um, one-year league, right? No. In, not even. Very, very unlikely. Not even, yeah. as a, not even as a backup, not even as a handcuff. You just, you just won't. But if you've got um, Rogers, then you, you want him. In the dynasty league, I was, was going to add my two cents, and is that I'm not confident that Matt Lafleur is good at developing quarterbacks. I don't think he's shown any pedigree 
that he can. Um, I know he had a great first season with the Packers, but when he was the Titans OC, it was a bit of a stinker. That offense was dull and boring, and you know he couldn't get anything out of Mariota. And before say, he was at the Titans, he... you saw you say that about the Packers, but you know people were saying that was Aaron Rodgers' worst season as a quarterback, right? So they obviously had a good winning record as a all-round offense, but as you say, for a quarterback perspective, that was Aaron Rodgers' worst year. Yeah. Well, yeah, they they they'd really invested in the defense, built that up, um, and of course, you know, lent more heavily on the run game. But I've not seen that. Whereas if it was McCarthy, I'd have more confidence that he can develop Jordan Love. Uh, so if he landed at say the Cowboys, and you know, we didn't think Dak was going to be there longer term, it's just that look at a look at Lafleur's track record. That Titans offense was dull when he was their OC, and when he was the Rams offensive coordinator. Let's be honest, it was mainly the McVay system that they were relying on. So I'm not giving Lafleur much much credit for when he was the one year with the Rams either. So that was one of my concerns and why I have him slightly lower at 29. Uh, okay, we'll uh, carry on down these. So next up then at 27, we have Darrington Evans, who was drafted by the Tennessee Titans. Very intriguing player because it could be the heir apparent to uh, Derrick Henry, but the build is nowhere near the same. So it's one of the questions I'd have. He almost seems like the replacement for Dion Lewis, who is now gone, I think, to the Giants. But reason I like Evans at the Titans is I think there's opportunity there for him. And Paul, in fact, you've got him really high as high as 25. So what, what did you like about Evans at the Titans? He's super fast, right? Yeah, was he a 4-4, I believe? Yeah, and you like, so you're saying behind that offensive line, you think he can have immediate success then? Uh, yeah, I do. I think he's really good value if you can get him here. Actually, just he's a good running back. He's fast. They've got a good, they've got a good O-line. Um, and he's far enough down, you know, he's he's kind of effectively cheap enough at this point. You know, I, so I, I would be taking him. Who else? Who's a comparable? Um... Well, I'd say the player who's actually joint 27th with him in, uh, so we can talk about both, Anthony McFarlane. McFarland has created a much bigger gap in terms of rankings. Um, so me and Mo are both, fairly low on him at 33 but Chiggs you have him all the way up to at 22 now considering they're both in similar circumstances what do you love about McFarland so much more than Darrington Evans considering McFarland was actually taken in the fourth and Evans in the back end of the second as well yeah so I actually think um, it's a bit of a misnomer because I really like McFarland's talent um, he obviously had um, was injured last season, so his numbers weren't so good. So I think that's probably pushed his sort of draft stock down a bit. But talent, I think, you know, he's one of them potentially. But I think he's got more talent than Evans, and I just love the opportunity there in Pittsburgh. You know what we've seen with see Lev Bell's numbers, and when he left, James Connor coming in, you know, Jalen Samuel's done well there when he's played. Um, Does the competition ben, not worry you though? Because they've got James Conner, they've got you know Jalen Samuels, they've got uh, Benny Snell. Snell as well. Yeah. All who've proven themselves to be good when given the opportunity. 
Exactly, but none of them has taken the opportunity and, and run with it as their own. Obviously, James Connor's probably still the main... Yeah, Connor, I think, did. Did, injury-wise, right? And I'm not sure they're sold on him. So for me, I think you can plug and play pretty much any running back in that situation, and the Steelers will make, you know, will give you a good running back there. And I'm drafting just for that upside. If he ends up being that guy that takes over that backfield... You know, I think I don't. I can't see Evans taking over from Derrick Henry. I think, as you say, for me, he profiles as the replacement for Deion Lewis. So you'll add some value. I just think McFarlane's upside and his talent is is higher. So Mo, me and you have him the lowest at thirty three. What what are your thoughts on McFarland at the Steelers, and why do you personally have him uh, as low as thirty three? I think it's the car, uh, the crowded backfield. Um, I do agree with. Uh... Chigs about like he you know skill wise he's up there um i mean i, I think he's only I don't, how many carries has he had in college i don't think it was many um uh, maybe 150 or so i mean it, it wasn't many I don't, I don't think he's proven himself um for me to rank him up there um I, I think i think here you are trying to you know you're basically trying to just draft anyone on a flyer who has high upside and i think this guy does give it to you because i don't think we've seen much from him um i i don't know how good he is how bad he is uh, so honestly, I, I I can't evaluate him. I I, I don't mind the spot actually because I'm actually not I've never been sold on Connor as a bellback, um, nor have I been sold on um, Jalen Sams. He's more of a patch casting running back, and I don't think I've seen much on on you know I guess you like to call him Smell, uh, but um, <laughs> uh, I, I I can see the upside on McFarlane. Now I actually prefer Evans uh, just because of again the offense run run first offense. I think he is going to take uh, take over that spot for Deion Lewis, and any injuries or anything to um, Henry, he automatically he's he's jumping right up in the front. Uh, the only downside I had with him is he went to App State, um, just you know down the road here in North Carolina from Charlotte, and <laughs> unfortunately he's uh, it's, it's I mean you know it's a Division two school. I don't I don't think he's seen like much competition. And um, I don't say I don't know how, he's, how it's going to translate into the NFL, but where he's at, the system and all, it's ideal landing spot for him. Yeah, and as I said, we couldn't split them on our consensus, even though there's bigger parities in highs and lows. Um, I, I was just looking at Evans and thinking, well, they've invested a second rounder on him, you know, which is quite high draft capital. But even I, I don't see, even if they let Derek Henry go, who was only franchise tagged, I think they'll draft somebody next year, either Chuba Hubbard or Travis Etienne or um, Najee Harris or somebody like that. You know, one of the big bodied backs, almost as the direct replacement for Henry if they can't agree a deal with him, uh, which is why I think Evans provides upside. And as Paul said, he's got a lot of speed about him, but I don't think he's got the body to be the workhorse and have 30 carries a game like Henry does at the moment. Oh, yeah, no, he's uh, just going to be a complimentary guy for sure. Cool. So next up then we have Colts um, QB taken all the way in the fourth round, Jacob Eason. Uh, so Chiggs, what are your thoughts on Eason at the Colts? Because you actually have him uh, in your second round at rank 23. Yeah, it just comes back to my point about drafting quarterbacks with you know, the, the potential opportunity to take over the starting job. You know, just the the, the value you'll get if, if he does take over that Colt backfield from um, Phil Rivers, right? You know, Rivers is only there on a short, short term anyway. So if Easton is the guy, then I want the quarterback for the Colts. 
It's interesting because you have him higher than Hertz, only by a spot, but you have him ranked higher than Hertz and Jordan Love. So if you're in that situation and all three are there, are you still taking Eason? Yeah, I'll still take Eason over the other two purely because I can see the path for him there. Whereas, you know, Hertz will take, you know, I can see Hertz playing um, if Wentz gets injured, but Wentz is still their guy. You know, like we talked about a quarterback sitting behind someone with experience for a year or two and, you know, learning from them. Eason's got, I know, I, I love Phil Rivers. So, you know, for someone to learn from, Eason's got that. And, you know, maybe in a year's time, he's ready to start. Yeah, it's definitely upside there. Um, so Eason is our consensus 29. Next up, we have Chase Claypool, who was drafted actually in the second round by the Steelers. So a lot of draft capital there. Mo Chiggs, Paul, you've all got him at 27. I've actually, I'm the one who's low on him at 36. So I'll ask um, Mo first. What, what do you like about Claypool to have him at the top of your third round, essentially? So in my opinion, he's probably the best tight end of the class, even though he's a wide receiver. <laughs> um, uh, he's he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna be in those tight end packages. Um, he's he's going to be the, uh, a tight end for the Steelers. He's not going to play a wide receiver. Uh, uh, I say that. They, um, they came out and said today, didn't they, that um, they're thinking about moving Juju into the slot and playing um, Claypool as the X. Oh, I can see that. Just a bit, that big bodied guy. Um, he's yeah. gonna have to lose a little weight though. Um I, I thought I, I personally thought Steelers would go the other way and turn him into a tight end. Uh but uh well, I mean if they said that they're gonna if, they, if Claypool's gonna play the X, well, there's I guess there's more upside there on uh, Claypool or where we even have him at the moment. Yeah, I suppose I'll explain why I've got him at thirty six. It's even though there's a high draft capital second round pick, th- there's a lot of competition there. And as you say, he's is not definitely a receiver, not definitely a tight end. They've just bought in Eric Ebron, who's very much a pass-catching tight end um, there as well. And you've still got Juju, you've still got Deontay Johnson, you've still got uh, James Washington. Um, so I think there's a lot, lot of competition, not just for this season, but even looking ahead to the future. So I'm not sure I'd want to draft him unless he falls to me in that third, fourth round which is why I had him at 36. Um, but as you say, uh, words can words can mean a lot. And if, they've, if they're high on him, then he'll get the opportunity there. Um, right. So last few picks then of the third round. Uh, pick 31, we have uh, Van Jefferson. Um, actually, the Rams' first pick in the draft, I believe, at pick 25 in the second round. Um, I've got him the highest at 24. reason I like Van Jefferson is because of that is a very, very polished route runner. And I think in that McVeigh system, if you can find space, um, I, I, I trust the system, trust the coaching, and I'd take him as high as the back end of the second or early third. I've got him at pick uh, 24, actually. So I think it's very, very good route runner there. But uh, Paul, you didn't have him in your top 36 at all. So you're not <coughs> sold on Van Jefferson at the Rams then? What what were your hesitations or what I didn't you like about? I haven't really seen much of him. Um it's it's not a it's not a view, it's a lack of a view. Sure. Yeah. Um, sorry. Not seen much tape. And Mo, you've oh, got sorry, him down at thirty five. Um yeah, yeah actually, no, that makes sense. Sorry, Mo. Oh no, I was saying no, actually uh, I would like to probably change my rankings on him. Um uh, I'll probably bring him up a little bit. 
uh, I did. I, I, I vaguely remembered him. I kind of had him slotted there, but I never. Again, I think with Paul, I, I don't think I saw much of him. And after I noticed that you and uh, Chiggs ranked him so high, I kind of went back and kind of reviewed some of his stuff. And I mean, I think I agree with you again. Another top uh, high level uh, route runner coming out of college. Um, his I, I wasn't very impressed athletically of 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 of, of what type, you know just. You know, he's no C.D. Lamb type of receiver where, you know, you just make crazy catches, all that stuff. I just think he's, you know, if he wants to succeed in the NFL, he kind of has to be like a Michael Thomas where he has to be precise on the route running, be on the same page as the QB and execute well. And that's 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 the only way that it's going to that's going to, you know, that I can see him succeeding in the NFL. Uh, Outside of that, I think, you know. You know, I'm not going to, you know, just I think he just lacks athleticism, athleticism. So. That's that's my negativity on his part, but you know, after going, you know, honestly, when I think when I originally ranked him, I, you know, I knew of his ability, but I kind of went back and watched some more tape after you guys ranked him so high. I don't think he was ever on my radar, uh, honestly, to be to be ranked as high as you guys had put him. So, but I, I would I would say I'll kind of go, I'll probably put him late twenties, early thirties now, just a few spots above where I have him at the moment. Sure, um, I I liked what I've seen of him, and that's why um, I did have him. Ranked fairly high. Uh, so carrying on then, we've got at 32, uh, Antonio Gibson drafted fairly early, actually. Second pick of the third round uh, by uh, the Washington Redskins. Um, is another one of these hybrid players who's people not sure if he's a receiver, if he's a running back. Uh, it looks like we've got a, f- a few of those in this sort of range. I was fairly low on him, actually, at 35. Um, I just... You know, he's not had much of a college career. He only had 77 plays from scrimmage across the two years he played for Memphis. And, you know, 44 catches and 33 carries. So there's just not much to see of him. I think they've taken him for the upside he must possess. He's a fairly big guy at 228 pounds as well, six foot as well. So just just not sure what we're going to get there. So I wouldn't feel comfortable taking him anywhere else, but back end of the third or early fourth. Um, nobody was particularly high on him. I mean, um, I had him Mo a bit and high, right? Well, you had him as high as 24, actually. So what did you like about Gibson at the Redskins that you'd take him in your second round? Again, I like it. I like his speed. I probably was a little bit over-anxious um, with him, but I'd actually just, you know, one of the things I should probably keep quiet, but um, I read of him as being a bit of a potential sleeper. So I, I'd, it, it sold me on him a little bit without actually seeing a tremendous amount. I've seen a little bit of him since. I didn't watch him during the year. Um, but I just think he's got quite a lot of upside. But I'll, I'll, I'll uh, high. Paul, just saying I do own the 24th pick there. Um, well, we've never uh, yeah. to trade that. I hear you like Singletree. Uh, oh, all right. Now we're talking. <laughs> the, I, I like Gibson, again, for the upside, just... You know, he's, he's a hybrid player, so, you know, he's going to be catching balls. You know, they haven't really got um, a great sort of running back stable in terms of, you know, their injury history with Darius Geis and Bryce Love. I think Adrian Peterson's still there, but he's, you know, he's pretty much done anyway. So I think Gibson offers you the upside just as a pure playmaker. You know, if he can even replicate some of what Christian McCaffrey did under Rivera in Carolina, you know, you're going to have a pretty solid player there so the upside's there i actually think they're going to put him um he's going to he's going to take uh samuel's spot um he's i think they're going to turn him into a wide receiver and he's going to be more of a samuels in that offense 
Yeah, it's certainly an intriguing plan. It seems like they like the upside he brings. As I said, there's just not had much of a collegiate career to really judge on. Uh, but, I mean, if we think he's a big backslash receiver, we'll wait till you get to the next guy. So at our 33, we have A.J. Dillon drafted in the second round by the Packers. So, again, no, um, no receiving help for Aaron Rodgers. But uh, th- th- this guy is nearly 250. I think he came in at six foot 247 um boston college he played so not not maybe the best defenses but he put up yards in a first year uh as a freshman he had 300 carries for nearly 1600 yards second season as a sophomore again 227 so he must have had a bit of injury but 1100 yards and last year nearly 320 carries for nearly 1700 yards so I think it just goes to let this could be the end for Jamal Williams. I mean, I'm a Jamal Williams owner and I think he needs to find another home. I'm not sure how much opportunity he's going to get here. Um, but Mo, as a as a owner of Aaron Jones, does this draft pick worry you uh, as to how the Packers might utilize their backs? Yeah, I, th- I think it does a little. I think um, if anything, this guy's going to steal some uh, first down or goal line um, touches over here, which I mean, goal line, you, you know, you're losing a touchdown and first downs in, uh, in the league where in, you know, you get a bonus point for every first bonus points for any first down, uh, you know, any player gets. So it does concern me a little bit. Um, hopefully, uh, hopefully, you know, they won't use him too much. Uh, hopefully they're still going to stick with, you know, what works <laughs> and that's Aaron Jones. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to cross my fingers on that for a little bit. We'll we'll see how he yeah. develops here in training camp. Support so Paul had him really high at 23. Um, what was the thinking there? Is it all based on the opportunity, Paul, or is there it's other factors? Not, to be honest, it's much the same as Gibson. I think he, I mean, he's he really is. I think he's um, a similar player to, um, <clears throat> I think he's a similar player to Connor, probably. He's really stocky. He's not particularly big, He's as in height wise, but he's mm. really big, but he's still fast. Um, you know, I, I think he's he's got good opportunities where he's landed. I agree. I think if nothing else, then to be that uh, touchdown hawk on the goal line, uh, I'd yeah. be worried if I was a Aaron Jones owner there, and I am in 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 other leagues. So definitely hold that. It's not just uh, towards Umo in the league that we're in. Uh, but could you could again, you see him playing what, more of a fullback role there? Possibly. I don't think so. Okay. Per- personally. It, it looks like they're leaning towards the run anyway. They really dialed it down for Rogers last year, so I think it's. He'll, I think he'll get opportunities, and if there is an injury to Aaron Jones, he seems like next man up rather than Jamal Williams or whoever else they have there at the moment. Uh, Dexter, uh, I, I, they drafted him last year. Didn't use him at all this year. Yep. So next, next up then at pick thirty-four consensus rankings, um, it's Eno Benjamin who was drafted by the Cardinals. He was taken all the way in the seventh round. I was surprised he fell so low. But Mo, you have him at 30. What do you like about Benjamin at the Cardinals? I, honestly, I just like the handcuff. I mean, uh, I think everyone knows that Drake is going to be the number one running back there. Um, honestly, at this late, I'm you know I'm just looking for handcuff players. And um, I think he's in, a, he's in an ideal handcuff situation there. Yeah, that's a fair comment. And it's the same, actually, coming up to 39. is LaMichael P. Ryan drafted right. by the Jets. 
Um, you know, so I am the highest on him at 32. I, I, I think they are still going to try and be a run-first offense. And if anything happened to Lev Bell, then I thought there could be a ton of opportunity. This might change slightly as they've drafted dra- um, Frank Gore. Gore. Yeah. Not drafted, but picked up Gore today. So if I was to do my rankings today, it'd probably fall towards the back end of the third rather than the middle as I have here. But um, I still think he'll get opportunity there um, ultimately. And that's why worth grabbing at the end of the third or if he falls in the fourth, somebody I'd be looking to target. And then finally rounding off our a third round, we have uh, Adam Troutman drafted by the Saints. Mo, you were really high on him uh, at 29s. What do you like about Troutman at the Saints? Um, I, I I think it's just the 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 opt up. It essentially, just has more of an opportunity there. Again, just looking at flyers here, um, I didn't uh, I didn't really. I, I mean, you have Cook, who's pretty much um, he's going to be out here soon. Um, I, I don't. I, I'm trying to think of any other tight ends that they have on their roster, and I couldn't think of any offhand. And that's where I think Troutman came in. I think coming into this coming into this draft, I always thought. Again, it's a weak class, but I always thought Comment and Troutman is what I heard is two tight ends that are probably up there in the rankings. Um, and I real honestly, I just kind of went with that. Okay, these are the two guys you want to kind of keep an eye on. And I was surprised that uh, you know, you know, the Saints got him, and I, I'm not even sure where they drafted him. Uh, third round, I think. Um, and yeah. I mean, I, I I think it was just I think it was just. I think it was just the location of where he fell, uh, the team he fell to, and uh, I think you 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 presently have an aging aging tight end, so you know you have the possibility of him becoming an heir apparent here with the Saints. So kind of just kind of went on that thought process and kind of ranked him a little higher uh, than many people. I think after like I think as we mentioned though after after the second round, everyone else was just kind of like all right. Just kind of randomly throwing out names here that you think could possibly <laughs> have long-term value, um, uh, you know. Uh, and I think I think he kind of falls in that category. Again, tight, I haven't watched any film on him, so I couldn't really tell you what his pros and cons are as for as as him as a player. Okay, thanks a lot for that, Mo. So that was our thirteen to thirty-six uh, rookie consensus rankings. Before we close off the episode, we did have a, we did have a competition uh, that was announced on the description for the um, second episode, which was to see who could most correctly predict our picks 13 to 36. We did have a few entries across social media, so thanks to everyone who attended. But I think it's quite nice and fitting that the winner actually was Brian Buckingham, who got six of the 18 correct. I know it's very hard to get uh, the exact landing spot, but Buck's been a twice uh, been a guest on our podcast so and a bronco fan like myself so congrats to buck and uh, there'll be a prize coming your way soon what did he uh, which picks did he uh, call right uh so the picks buck got right he got 13 to 16 all right actually uh which was uh justin jefferson mims higgins and Ayuk. he got jalen hurts right as our consensus uh, 24 and he got Jacob Eason at 29 as well. So there were, there were many, many narrow misses. And in fact, an, another previous guest who's been on twice, Byron, uh, had four. But there were a few where he was just one out. So um, good effort by Buck and Byron trying to read our mind. Maybe they've learned a lot about us from being on the show a couple of times. But, I, I um, almost think there's some is... inside dealing there with the two Bronco fans, uh, personally. 
insider information here. No such thing. No such thing. Uh, Buck, as I said, congrats again. There'll be a prize coming your way soon. Uh, so finally, before we end, just want to say if you do have rookie drafts coming up, if you'd like our advice on anything, you can reach out to us on all our social media, which is in the episode description. You've got the email, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So if you're unsure on who to pick, feel free to reach out and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. But uh, thanks, guys, for joining. So it's goodbye from me, Chiggs. See you, folks. Mo. Giddy up. And Paul. Keep safe, all.